This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode four of season three right here on Dealer News Today, coming to you from the DNT headquarters. I am your host, Derek D., you know, you just throw a .com at the end of that, and you could find out all about me, DerekD.com. Nice and simple. Uh, listen, make sure you follow Dealer News Today on Instagram. It's simply at Dealer News Today. And while you're over there, I want you to throw us some likes, okay? All right, we got a solid show for you today. My guest is the executive manager of DCG Capital. DCG, of course, stands for the Dave Canton Group. He's been in the automotive industry for a very long time with a ton of experience. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tim Devine to the show. Hey, Derek, how are you doing? Great to be here. I'm doing great, man. Uh, Yeah, glad to have you on Dealer News today. So you're the executive manager of DCG Capital, and you got something like 35 years under your belt, right? Yeah, started when I was five, so it's it's been been a long journey. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, and and you've been with a bunch of different companies, Daimler, Chrysler, Hyundai. Nissan, Trophy Auto Group. Am I missing any? Yeah, at one point I thought I could touch all of them, you know, be be a member of all of them. But uh, yeah, so uh, you, you hit the high ones for sure. Ah, there you go, for sure. Um, and so you said you started when you were five. Were you always uh, into cars? You just uh, loved cars? Or was it more you loved the business end? Yeah, so... I mean, at five. <laughs> so... So to be perfectly honest, Eric, when I started in the, in the business, it was more about location. My wife and I had just got married and we wanted to live near the beach. And we, I started in Charleston, South Carolina, in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. And it, you know that put us two miles from the beach. So that was the motivation. And then I started going, I really like this business. It's kind of interesting. Love the dealers, love the OEM. So that that's the truth on how it started. Oh, okay. It was the ocean, the allure of the ocean. You know, I, I could completely relate. I grew up and live right by the beach in Jersey. I live in Belmar. I'm based out of New York City for work, but I live close enough to the city, but I can't leave the beach. I mean, the beach, just born and raised by it. Like, you need the beach to me. I need water. Yeah, Cowabunga, man. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Cowabunga is right. And you're in L.A. now. Yeah, in San Clemente. Lived there for the last almost 12 years. Uh, so, you know, we're, again, stone's throw away from the Pacific. So pretty excited about there that. There you go. Very nice. You see, so you got that year-round nice weather. Yeah, I'm a big change of se- change of seasons guy. I like uh, I like some snow during Christmas, but you know I understand why people don't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure. So let's let's jump into it. Let me ask you this right off the bat: What do you think for dealers and people listening to the show that are in the industry? What's some of the most important things to discuss right now in the automotive industry? Like, what's one thing you're like, okay, this is is tops right now. Yeah. So, I mean, so dealers are, there's, there's probably two of the top things. So dealers are making more money now than they've probably done in the last decade. So Which it, is it's amazing. A, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable time in the industry. Everything's clicking in the right direction for everybody. It's not just the dealers, the manufacturers, the vendors, everybody's doing well, but what deal, what the good dealers are thinking about and what the, the dealers should think about is, Hey, this isn't going to last forever. So yeah. I need to create kind of a sustainable business model. So when the cycle goes in a different direction, I'm prepared. You know, that that's probably the biggest thing that that dealers need to be aware of. And and the good ones are. Yeah, because I I think uh 
you know, when the pandemic first started and, and you know, the COVID-19 first happened, it was probably like, oh, crap, like what is going to happen? And then who who would have thought that the automotive industry actually is, like you said, and we've said on the show before, is doing the best it's done in over a decade, which is just crazy. And people don't that aren't in the industry, and I explained it to them, and they're like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm, actually, I'm like, actually, it makes perfect sense. And then I explain it, they go, oh. So, yeah, I mean, it's really... Uh, it's really kind of amazing, and it's one of the, you know, you always say this, and I've said this a million times, it's one of those positives you take out of a negative, you know? Absolutely. And, and to your point, back in March of 2020, I was in California, and there was a total shutdown in California where dealers really couldn't be open. We had service and parts because it was an essential business, but it's like, wow, we had to literally close the lots, put signs on the door, nobody allowed inside. It was, it was crazy. And um, when we mm. came out of the pandemic, there was all this pent up demand and it's just been a great ride since for, for the, for just about the entire dealer body. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting because in the beginning, obviously we didn't know really about much about COVID-19. We didn't know really about now we know a lot about it, but then, you know, it was, uh, okay, how do we adapt? And then obviously a lot of dealers, you know, I think we're, we're not that they weren't doing, everyone was doing online stuff, you know, clearly, but it was almost forced to really delve into that technology where like, okay, let's get people buying online and then maybe just come in to pick up the car or getting a lot done at home in the comfort of their own home where they're comfortable and then get them to the dealership to pick up the car, you know, you know, uh, do a high five and then, you know, drive the car off the lot. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And, and also kind of the post pandemic what dealers learned is, you know, the staffing levels that I needed, the expense levels that I needed, or what I was incurring pre-pandemic, I come out of this and I say, well, I really don't need as many people and I don't need to spend dollars like, you know, like there's no tomorrow. So the dealers have learned a lot, become more efficient. They've driven up their margins. It's really been incredible to see the, mm. the transformation in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting and quite frankly amazing how good the automotive industry is doing. And like you said, the OEMs are all doing great. And uh, it's, a, it's an interesting time, but a good time for the automotive business. Uh, let me ask you this. What is your day-to-day at DCG Capital? Yeah, so it, it's it's a pretty hectic day, right? So because we provide services nationwide to mm. just about any dealer, right? So, you know, we want to help everybody. Um, and we have several different buckets of clients, but, you know, the, the one that I really wanted to talk about the, uh, this morning was kind of our CFO services, because as we already talked about, you know, it's a great time to be in the industry, but, you know, there's also bad times. You know, if you, if the dealers recall back in 2008, when you had two manufacturers go bankrupt and, mm credit lines uh, it evaporated and 3,300 franchise deal, more than 3,300 franchise dealers lost their business. The important thing for, you know, for the dealers to do is prepare for the cycles in our industry. So what they're making today, they should kind of tuck away for those days when, they're, when, when it's not as good as, as today. Um, so we yeah, it's not a, always going to be like this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the one thing about the, car business is it's a cycle, right? So, um, and we're in a very good cycle, cycle today. Um, but there, there's, 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 you know, there's always something on the horizon that's going to impact the business. The good dealers do that preparedness, right? So they know they've been through, you know, if I've been a dealer for 20, 25 years, I've been through 
three or four different cycles, right? So they know what to do. What we try to focus on is the new dealers, right? The, the, the younger generation of dealers that maybe haven't been through a downturn yet, right? Maybe they acquired right. their, their store post 2008. So they really haven't seen a downturn and the impact it can have on their business. So we spend a lot of time educating our dealer partners on what that looks like and what they should do to prepare. Yeah. You know, you got to be prepared. That's the most important thing, I think, because the automotive industry, you know, is very up and down. And right now, obviously it's up. So it's all sunshine and rainbows, but you have to know how to deal with it uh, when they aren't sunshine and rainbows, you know? So uh, anyway, someone told me you're credited with the quote, lost profit is preventable. Now on the surface, I know what that statement basically means, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, what does that mean? <laughs> no, no worries. So, so what, you know, the, what I see a lot is, you know, when you have the, a, a discussion with a dealer, the first thing he does is he pulls out his financial statement and he po- points to the lower right hand of it. And he says, Hey, look, look how much money I'm making. And what I always try to tell the dealer is that's great, but let's make sure that number that's on that piece of paper gets realized because there's so many things that, you know, can impact it. Right. So, Sometimes if they think they're making three to four thousand dollars per per new vehicle sale, but somebody doesn't file for the for the uh, customer rebates and the incentives correctly or the co-op do- dollars correctly, that money just goes away. So that three thousand dollar profit may turn into a break even if they're not paying attention to their warranty receivables. You know, so they've had all these customers come in and they do all of this work and they, they file, they forget to file the warranty claim or they don't file it in time. That money goes away too, right? So that, that profit that they show that they're so proud of when you come in six months later and say, well, Hey, listen, here's all the stuff that didn't happen. And now we have to write it off. So that number is going to go down significantly. That's a really, that's a, that's a conversation you don't like to have often but it occurs almost daily, right? Mm. So, so, but all of those things I mentioned are preventable, right? So the well-run dealers know the importance of a strong back end, right? So they have to have the staff and the processes and procedures in place to make sure everything I just mentioned occurs and occurs properly because there's no, there's no forgiveness, right? So the manufacturers have rules. If you don't file for something within 90 days on day 91, you can't file for it again, right? Mm. So it, go, it goes away. And, and Derek, I mean, the most important thing I would tell dealers is it is preventable, right? And it, it is, it, you just have to yeah. have pro- processes and controls and staff and talented staff in place um, to make sure that number materializes. And, and that's, that's what I mean by that because there's so much, especially in the new car franchise dealers, there's so many boxes you have to check to make sure that number gets get, gets realized. Yeah, and you touched on a good point there, and that makes that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, you touched on a point about having good staff and a good you know good employees, strong employees, because the attention to detail there, like you said, it's easy to maybe overlook something, and boom, that money goes away. That three thousand dollars could turn into just breaking even because you forgot to check one of those many boxes that you have to check, and if you get something that's reliable and very, uh, you know, detail oriented, that person, that salesman more money as well as the dealership more money. Absolutely. And, and 
And again, the avoidability is you just, it's, it's kind of a trust and verify thing, right? So you want to believe in your people and you want to believe that they're going to do the right thing, but you should put that verification process in place where it happens. I mean, I have a couple of clients today, one in particular, that their bank account has never been reconciled since he's opened. Hmm. So he doesn't even know how much cash he has. Right. What? He doesn't know if it's a good number <laughs> or if it's a bad number. That's right? crazy. It's, it's, it is crazy. So um, and it came from hiring somebody that probably wasn't the right fit. It came from, you know, when you hire somebody like that, you have to have, you know, that check and balance on them, make sure it gets done. Um, it's it's just unbelievable what can occur and how fast it can occur. There's so many landmines that the, the dealers can step on. And, and if they step on multiple landmines, that number, that bad, that bad number gets, gets magnified and gets increased so fast. Yeah. Um, so it's incredible. It's incredible what can happen. Do you think during the, the pandemic and during the height of it, or even, you know, even, you know, when all these dealerships were doing very well, they're doing very well. And in the, in the past months, within the past year, do you think that even during that time, a lot of dealerships left a lot of profits on the table, as they say, I mean, or... Were things getting missed or was everyone pretty much flowing pretty well? So, so when we started 2020, the industry was actually doing pretty well, right? So the interesting, the difference between the pandemic and the financial crisis of 2008 is that in 2020, there was no financial crisis. There was money, money was abundant. It was inexpensive. The dealers got off to a really good start. And then this thing hit in March and April that just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. So, but like I mentioned earlier, the dealers came out of it smarter, right? So they said, hey, I need to, I need to trim expenses and I need to cut staff and I need to really focus on gross. And they've done that and they've just had a heck of a year in 2020 and 2021 is even better. So yeah. the, the lessons learned from that 60 day pause in the business um, the good dealers have taken a, a advantage of it, right? So it, it's it's been an interesting phenomenon. Well, that's good. Um, you know, you mentioned something before. You, I think you you might have mentioned rebates or checking all the boxes when you could make a certain amount of money, and you know, if you miss something, that could break even or whatever like that. But is right now are are rebates kind of few and far between right now? Like if I if for for buyers. Yeah, so the so the incentives, the, the good thing about the, ind- incentives, yeah, the incentives, yeah, they're they're out there. They don't have to be as robust as they have historically, because there's there's more demand than there is supply, right? So that's a great that's right. a good thing yeah. for the OEM. So the OEMs are reaping the benefits of 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 lower incentives incentives per car, and right now the dealers, I mean, they'll always tell you they need them, but they don't need them, right? They have less than, you know, in many cases, less than a 30 day supply of inventory on the lot. They have people waiting in line to get them. They can sell them for any price they want. So the, the incentives aren't as critical today as they have been in the past. That's gonna change when things normalize, when supply equals demand or, or supply exceeds demand, you know, you'll need those incentives. But today, today it's just not, something that's that's totally necessary to to kind of fuel what's going on today yeah so it's great for the the dealerships and the you know the businesses but do you think people are getting just not getting great as great deals as they would or it's just like look 
you know, the supply and demand, this is, this is what it is. This is the price you'd have to pay. Yeah, the, no, the deals are out there. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the interest rates are low and, and they've been low and they're probably going to stay low. For the, That's for, true. The interest the rates are very so, low. So money's not expensive and, and money's uh, is plentiful, right? So from a consumer standpoint, even if you don't have 0%, you know, you you can get money at two percent, or you know, and, and so that's it's very affordable, right? So even mm. without the the huge incentives that 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 are normally out there, so it's a good time to buy a car as well. If I'm if you're a consumer, yeah, I mean, actually, my mom she leased the car, you know, probably about six months ago, and she got a good deal. So yeah, absolutely makes sense. Right, absolutely, and, and you know that you know, like we we talked a little bit earlier that you know the dealers need to enjoy this. Uh, because they're making more money than they've probably ever made in the last 10 years. But they, they yeah. also need to prepare that this, this isn't going to last. And I know we've mentioned it multiple times on, on the call already, but they re- the, the smart dealers will, will put this money and, and reserve it and, and make sure when the rainy day happens, they're, they're look, they have ample liquidity. Because it's, yeah. it's the lifeline of, of the dealer, right? So if he takes his profits and you know, it takes big distributions or spends it on things that don't help, you know, kind of make his business stronger, you know, two years down the road when the industry softens, his balance sheet looks worse, his availability to increase his credit lines or even acquire another store, that that becomes a, a steeper hill to climb. So it really, you know, the smart people and the, and the dealers that have been through downturns multiple times, they'll know that right away. Yeah. They kind of, yeah, they've been through it. That's, you kind of answered the next question I was going to ask. I was going to say, what is some advice you would give a dealer right now that they might be missing the ball on? And I feel like what you just said is basically, is basically that, you know, is that the main thing? Is there anything else? No, that that's that's probably the, the main thing. I mean, it's it's like when you walk outside and it's sunny. You know, the the your your CFO is walking behind you carrying the umbrella, right? So when when the rains when the rain comes, so you know, and that's one of the services that that we try to provide. A lot of small to medium sized dealers don't have that chief financial officer, that kind of angel on the shoulder, the dealer principal that helps them with make some key strategic financial decisions, right? So part of the things we do at DCG Capital through our CFO services platform is we become that strategic partner for the dealer. So we will do a very thorough evaluation of what his business looks like. He knows what it looks like through his lens, but he may not know what it looks like through his lender's lens. And all the dealers have millions of dollars in credit lines and if those dry up, they're they're done, right? So mm. uh, we try to provide, or we do provide, that view of here's how somebody that would lend you money would look at your business, right? And we don't just do it over you know one month. We we do what's called a trend analysis. We'll take every statement for as far back as he wants to give them, and we'll spread them, and we'll say here's the trend of your business, and it's either trending favorably or it's trending unfavorably. And if it's trending unfavorably, we say, hey, here's some of the mitigants that you can do to help get your, your business back on track. Because the worst thing that could happen to a dealer, Derek, is that he waits, right? And he does nothing. Yeah. And that that hole, that financial hole he's digging for himself gets so big that the climb out almost seems, you know, impossible. So, you know, that's, we try to be that that independent objective set of eyes on their business that says, 
hey, we're going to tell you what we see, right? We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to tell you what you want to hear. We're going to give you a really dose of reality. And if it's good news, we're going to tell you it's good news, right? Hey, you, you have a healthy balance sheet. You, you should expand. But if it's bad news, we're going to tell you, right? And we're going to tell you what's creating the bad news. And again, work with the dealer to try to formulate plans to get him back, you know, in between the guardrails. So, that, you know, that's, that's kind of the message that we, we want to get to the, get to the dealers. Right. So, and then we have a lot of new dealers, right? There's been yeah. acquisitions galore, right? So the, 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 the older dealers that didn't really have secession plans are selling to the, the dealers that want the, the guys that want to be dealers. And the, the interesting thing about them, Derek, is they're great, right? The OEMs love them. They can sell cars. They can generate money. But to go from selling cards and generating revenue to managing a business that has 50 to $100 million of revenue going through it is two different things, right? So again, we try to fill that gap for the dealer and provide that education and that backstop. So when he's you know, running his business, we're telling him the good and the bad. And, and that's, that's very important for a new dealer because he needs to adjust his mindset. We don't ever want him to stop selling cars and generating profit. We just want him to understand that he's running an entire business, right? And he needs to look at his business as a whole. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, the, the responses we get. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's great because you, you talked about how, you know, you, we'll tell you what it is, whether it's good or bad. And, and the truth, no matter what, is always the best thing. Yep. So that's what I think you're saying, you know, if you have a dealership, and you hire a CFO that works for you, he might sugarcoat some things. He might, because it makes him look better or worse. You guys come in and you're like, look, we're here to help. No matter what, we're going to tell you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and get you on the best uh, uh, path to lead you to making more money. And absolutely. And the third group of dealers that we kind of t- kind of touched on a little bit earlier, the, the, the guys that have dug themselves a financial hole, that have gotten themselves in trouble. And there are a few dealers out there, even in today's market, that are struggling, right? And mm. you know, we if you've never been in a business that's struggling, and most dealers have it, that is the worst feeling in the world. It's like, how do I get out of this mess, right? How do I go find the capital I need to to retool my store and 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 make it work, right? The the it's interesting what we see a lot of times is dealers think, hey, I'm just going to increase sales and I'm going to sell my way out of this situation, right? Mm. Well. If you increase sales at, in our business, in the, in the dealership business, it requires more working capital. And if you don't have that working capital and you increase sales, you can actually run your business right into the ground really fast. So, hmm. um, you know, we try to bring our, you know, the 35 years of experience at our team, you know, on a consolidated basis, it's over 100 years of experience. We bring into them and say, hey, there, there's light at the end of this tunnel. There's a, there's a solution to every problem. And, and, and we'll help you get there. And the problems can be that very difficult, like you're climbing Everest, or it's just simply going over a little bit of the speed bump that you're right. incurring. So, you know, that's that's what we try to bring in and, and let them t- be able to take a deep breath and let them be able to sleep at night and, and, and work with them. Because again, Derek, the money's out there, right? So a, a dealer that's in need, there are alternate and creative sources of capital that can help him get through this this difficult time. Um, it may be a little bit more expensive than normal channels, but it's out there. It'll get him, it'll get him to where he needs to go. So we, we focus a lot on, 
on those dealers as well. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so for dealers listening out there, if you, you know, you might be in trouble or you just want to, uh, you know, bring someone in, you know, definitely reach out to Tim Devine over at DCG Capital and uh, these guys will help you out for sure. Um, Tim, anything else you'd like to uh, like to add before we uh, get going? Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. What do you what do you, what do you do besides car stuff? Besides, uh, what, what's your daily driver? Yeah, so I'm a I'm a really bad golfer. Uh, um, <laughs> I I enjoy to play, but the courses hate me. The squirrels put helmets on when I get out there. That's yeah, more uh, fun though. It's golf is just fun. <laughs> absolutely, go out so, there, have a few beers. <laughs> exactly, you know, and and I think that's a testament to. I probably work too much because my golf game is is so poor, right? So if I had a great well, golf game, isn't paying you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your daily driver? I like to ask people that. Yeah, so I I actually have the luxury of being able to work from my home, so I literally have to walk from my kitchen upstairs to the office that I built over my garage. So my oh, there you go. A, it's about 20, 20 feet. So, so <laughs> it's it, easy commute. You know, yeah, what's it? What's, Occasionally a deer's in the way or something like that that's walking through the yard. But other than that, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> What's in that garage, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's interesting. My wife, her dream car, right, she always talked to me about, hey, I want, I want this dream car. And I'm thinking, man, she's going to want some kind of Mercedes or BMW. No, we have a 2014 Volkswagen convertible Beetle. Right? Oh. That, that, that is just, just the, the, her dream car and... You know, it's kind of a chick car to be honest with you. Yeah. So I don't I don't drive it without her in it. Yeah. But we have we have a lot of fun tooled up and down the PCH and Yeah, why and, not? And it's a very it's a, it's a very attainable dream car. Exactly. You know, that that's that's cool though. And it's convertible and like you said, drive them down the PCH. You can't beat it. It's a beautiful road. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Tim Devine, executive manager of DCG Capital. Tim, thank you for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. And for your dealers out there, you definitely got some uh, good advice from Tim. Perfect. Okay, Derek, I appreciate the time, man. And I appreciate you coming on. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later. All right, bye. All right, see you, Tim. That was Tim Devine, the executive manager of DCG Capital. To learn more, head to DaveCantonGroup.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Once again, I'm Derek D. DerekD.com for all my stuff. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today. Bye, everybody.